The following contains spoilers for recent Marvel productions. We do not claim to have knowledge of future spoilers, but will gladly take full credit if such come true. We will not address any leaks, but if our speculations align, it's purely coincidence. Welcome to Why Is with Ty and Dad, a Marvel podcast where we try to figure out just who and what is going on in the cinematic multiverse. My name is Danny Vincent. With me always is Tyler Borland. That's right. I'm Tyler Borland. And this week we discuss a surprise cameo from Neil Patrick Harris's doppelganger. Our topic of this week blurs the lines between canon and headcanon in the MCU, depending on if you're talking to Tyler or Danny. We are talking about Agent Carter, Season 1, Episodes 1 through 4. Yep, the first half. But first, I realized this is actually a correction from two weeks ago that I meant to say last week, and I had forgotten about it, okay? Okay. So if you remember, when I was listening off the Oscar noms, we made a big joke about Cody Smith-McPhee being potentially cast as Chameleon and Craven. I don't mm-hmm. remember that or not, but we yeah. said that. I forgot to mention because I was listening to all the Marvel actors that Cody Smith McPhee has already played a Marvel hero. <laughs> I don't know how I forgot that. He was Nightcrawler in both Apocalypse and Dark Phoenix. So congrats, I guess, oh. <laughs> for your nomination to Power. Yeah, the congrats. <laughs> I think it's really funny. I forgot about him, and then I forgot last week after I remembered. So man, I'm that out of the way. That won't be hanging over my head anymore. <laughs> I would honestly rather have him back as Nightcrawler than... Well, Craven was cast as... Chameleon. I don't know. No, excuse me. Chameleon was cast, but I don't have the actor in front of me, and it's an actor I've never seen before, so... Oh, gotcha. He's on White Lotus, a show I don't watch. Gotcha. Anyway, let's dive deep in immediately to Agent Carter, the first half of it. Yeah. Uh, We'll talk about the second half of season one next week, and we'll talk about season two whenever we have two weeks of a dry spot again. But for now... Agent Carter, episode one, two, three, and four. Tyler, what'd you think of this? So I thought that this show, or rather ABC, tries to box this show into mediocrity, but a decent score accompanies a strong cast that easily tears that box apart in these first four episodes of Agent Carter season one. I love the chemistry between them all, especially between Peggy Carter and Edwin Jarvis. Um, don't get me wrong, it's not the strongest television project to come from Marvel, but it also doesn't fall flat on its face like Iron Fist. Uh, this feels like the preliminary vision of what the MCU on television should be like, although projects that followed did make other artistic choices. Now, I someone agree with you. I think I like this a bit more than you. Um, I think definitely an ABC show. Uh, I'm looking forward to talking about... Uh, one of my favorite things about broadcast television, uh, particularly <laughs> when you rewatch it at home uh, yeah. or watch it uh, like not with commercials. I I think though aesthetically, this makes some interesting choices um, that make it look much different than most other network shows at the time. Uh, I think it has some really good cinematography at points that I'm shocked was on ABC. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that it's like HBO quality; it's like that solid like. TNT miniseries quality, quality, you know, like just in the, like bit better than network, not HBO. Um, 
I think it has really good acting. I would agree with you about uh, Peggy and Jarvis being the best part of the show, but I think there's some other really good actors in this too. One of them I'm shocked to see is in this because uh, he's actually a relatively big name among character actors. I'll talk about him when we talk more about the cast in general. And I feel like to me, this works like television more than any Disney plus show they've done so far. Mm. Uh, and I would probably throw in the Netflix shows too, from what I remember of them. And also just the fact that they're Netflix shows. Yeah. Uh, Cause Netflix shows never really try to be about like, Oh, this is a single episode of TV. Uh, I didn't binge this show. I watched, I pretty much watched every episode with, I mean, I watched them on the last few days, but I, yeah. I had like a solid, like six hour break between each episode at least. Mm, okay. Um, yeah. So you could digest them better than binge. Cause they're yeah, definitely I not binge. Like you had texted me earlier. Yeah, I don't think the show is designed as a binge show at all, which is fine. Cause it was, it was an ABC show. Um, especially cause Disney plus refuses to let you skip recaps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it's really the, annoying. <laughs> I really, yeah, I really wanted to skip the recaps. Felicia liked them. I did not. I thought they I, were fun. They're I was like, news really. I was like, I was like, yeah, this is this isn't bad for like your weekly show, but also, I'm watching these on a streaming service now. I I don't want this recap, but I I think there should just be a skip recap button. I I like them being there, but yeah, it should be optional. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, I'm all t- uh, so. Are there issues with this show? Yes. Am I on my phone at points during the show? Yes, but I don't think that's a problem. I'll get into that when we dig in. Uh, ultimately, I'm pretty impressed by this show because it got better with almost every episode. I think the third one's the best, but Me too. the fourth one's pretty yep. good too. I think the fourth one's still pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and then I'm looking forward to finishing the remaining four as a solid midpoint uh, reveal, I'd say, in the fourth episode. So I'm excited yeah. to see where this goes. Oh, yeah. I like that it... That it starts, it starts out with like just this brief like uh, recap of the end of First Adventure. Crop for um, TV, yeah, crop, <laughs> crop for TV. Um, so we get that in the, but then we just hop, we hop right into um, Peggy's life, and I like that we don't spend a whole bunch of time setting up her being an. Like being an agent, you know, she was already an agent with the SSR um, yeah. during World War II, anyways. So I like that we didn't have this big reset um, that we just hopped right back into it. Yeah, uh, and I like also that at least for now, I assume this show. Well, we kind of talked about it last week. I did, the Agent Carter show would be like the the one shot would be after this show if it, it is still if this doesn't totally wreck on it. Um, um this. This does uh, hey, retcon it. Retcon. I know, like the Agent Carter one shot um, happens in forty six because it happens one year after the end of oh. uh, First Avenger, which ends in forty five. Um, and uh, and then this shows takes place in forty six, but then season two takes place in forty seven. And she's will, still a part of the SSR, I believe. I think uh, I think so far all four of these, pretty much you could take 15 minutes out of each episode. And I'd be like, yeah, that was better than the one shot. Um, but that's more of me saying that I, I think the one shot's more of a proof of concept than an actually yeah. entertaining piece of yeah, media. It, it, it definitely, yeah. Yeah, that like, it definitely, there's definitely like a notice of like, 
their game stepping up for this yeah. for this show. Um, let's talk about since I said retcon. Let's talk about our disagreement on the canonicity of the show. Yeah, because yeah. we should probably be upfront about that. So, so I'm I'm pretty much like I consider this uh, I consider this canon um, because yes, Danny, as you pointed out, Jarvis. This version of Edwin Edwin Jarvis shows up in Avengers Endgame um, when Tony travels back. Tony and Cap travel back to the seventies um, f- to get the. Is it the cube? They travel back to get the. I can't remember the Tesseract. Uh, probably. But yeah, I, I think remember. so. I think so. Um, so so there's that, and then there are. I mean, the fact that. This show brings, like you said, it brings over two other two characters, Howard Stark and Haley At- uh, Haley Atwell's a character, uh, Peggy Carter. Um, my only the only thing is is Disney's not come out and said like this it, this show is canon. I th- well, I think you're safe to say it is, but yeah, yeah that's my why I said like the lines are blurred. You know, the, the people involved. I, I think this is 100 percent canon because of the people involved. Not gotcha. only. That Kevin Feige produced this, executive produced this, which in television is pretty much meaning you're producing it. Yeah. Uh, but more, uh, McMarcus and, no, sorry, Marcus and McFeely, the writers of, of course, all the Captain America movies and all the Russo Avengers movies, mm-hmm. wrote the pilot and helped with, uh, didn't show run as far as I know, but they did help conceptualize the season. So maybe season two. I don't know if that's canon or not because I've never seen it. But to yeah. me, the, my impression has always been this is supposed to be like the real origin story of S.H.I.E.L.D., which also because this aired during the mid-season break of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, now, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., that's be not canon. <laughs> definitely not right. canon yeah. anymore. Yeah, definitely. Um, they, they, they went a little crazy in the later season, which, you know, from all I hear, uh, once they weren't beholden to canon anymore, it was able to actually be a good show. Uh, yeah. I, I will probably never watch it. But, uh, I've tried. I don't know how many times I've tried to watch that show. I always hear, and like, I just start, can't. like, in season four. Like, <laughs> Here's a nine-season show. Start in the middle of it. Well, because <laughs> the first three seasons are bad. Like, I mean, I yeah. The first season is really... I remember the, the only thing I liked about the first season was... That was the time they still had, like, the hint that it was going to be canon. And so they were able to get Bill Paxton to be the bad guy at the back of the season. And I was like, that's great. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, he was great on the show, but unfortunately the show was actually the real problem with agents of shield season one, which is pretty well documented by essentially anyone who even likes agents of shield is that, uh, maybe <laughs> the, it's the issue of being uh, stuck with canon is that they can't go ahead of winter soldier coming out to the Hydra twist. So there's so much wheel spinning for the first like 16 or 17 episodes. Mm, and so they can yeah. finally reveal that half the cast is Hydra. Uh, yeah. But. Yeah. But. I, I, I do like. There is a. Uh, there is a bit of like freedom with this one. As in like story wise. Um, that because like we go. Captain America first Avenger we are we are in the 1940s um for most of it and then we don't really visit between 1940s and 2008 2009 10 whatever Captain uh, Marvel we don't is well canon. Captain Marvel is 19 
Captain, that's the 1990s. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm glad you pointed that out because, yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah. So 19, 19, the 1990s, but there's like this 50 year gap almost, you know, where you know what? I we don't really have stuff. So if we're doing a, yeah. if we're giving them animated shows to fill points in canon, you want to know what I want? Feach, you're giving me X Men 98. Which is non-canon. You're giving me a Spider-Man freshman year, which cool. But what we really need is an Ant-Man show about Michael Douglas and Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Set in the sixties. Yeah. The Shield. Yeah. Make it a cartoon. It would be really cool. I would watch it. And I don't want what if style. I want like like a cool like I, I can't think of a, a cartoon nowadays that actually has like a style that's what I want. But, like, I don't want it to be CGI is really my point. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to get CGI. Like, make it really, yeah. like, and I don't want, like, uh, Invincible or Avatar either. I want it to be, like, its own thing. Anyway. Uh, but I, Agent Carter. I oh, want wait. I want an Ant-Man. Uh, it'd have to be an Ant-Man 2 sequel. But it can be, like, just a short, like, maybe three-episode cartoon of Ant-Man going on a mission. And the whole time he's like, why does my daughter look different? Why does she look like a total different person? Because she was that uh, actress was recast. Yeah. No, I just had the realization. I've loaded up the Ant-Man 3 cast is. uh, So I have this theory. I've always said kind of as a joke because I figured they would never go with it. But this character is not in the Ant-Man 3 cast is that. So if you remember the post credits of Ant-Man and the Wasp, uh, they go to get ghost medicine from the quantum realm but then scott gets stuck in the quantum realm so i always said well yeah, I hope she was yeah. snapped because otherwise she's dead <laughs> but like <laughs> yeah yeah but uh she's not on the cast list for ant-man 3 so <laughs> we don't talk about ghosts ghosts no, i liked no. her she was so good she was she was uh, and anyway. yeah um, we should probably talk about Agent Carter. We should. We should probably <laughs> talk about Agent Carter. Uh, one part that I had, I did have an issue with was how many cuts there were on uh, in a- the action scene, I think in episode three, where um, they're on board that boat in the harbor and they find the crates of stuff. And then the that villain, I, I guess the bad guy, I hate calling him just the bad guy, but he walks in and he's like, Hey, you're not supposed to be here. And then he fights Peggy Carter and like they cuts so many times. And there are cuts of where like he threw her over the, the uh, crates, but, and we get that. We get a shot where you see his arms up in the air. Then we get a jump cut and then his hands are down by his side. And then the next we get like a jump an unnecessary jump cut again and his hands are back up in the air and I'm, I'm like okay okay but it's also it's also like this is this is abc television yeah um, i was gonna say you like, know so I, I feel like i wasn't ever expecting really good action from this show just knowing yeah. it's on abc um i think it's a uh, it's serviceable but it's more like to me, this show, the reason I like it is actually somewhat similar, although I think it's WandaVision, it's a better show, to WandaVision is I really like the aesthetic. 
Uh, I think the production design and the costumes are really good. Mm-hmm. I really like, I did some research earlier. Um, they did do some weird stuff with uh, the camera to try to make it look, uh, just try to make it look somewhat older, but not too much older. And I think it does have a weird sheen to it, but I think it looks cool. It looks, it looks like they messed with the exposure yeah. on, their, on their camera. Yeah. So um, I really like that part. Cause there it. are, there are definitely moments where, uh, we get way too much light on certain parts where it, like light reflects back at the camera and um, it just kind of blinds out a spot, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, but also like I would realize that if they were to, to be the ones that are like, we want to, we want to record this, like we're using actual 1940s cameras. Um, it'd be a very much different quality, you know? Um, so I yeah. appreciate what they're going, what they're going and for. And I also you assume know? that those types of cameras, you know, not be affordable on ABC's budget. Right. Um, I actually think this is thing is also going off of what I've seen of Agents of Shield in this is just in general, it looks like features like, well, I'm involved with this one, so you're gonna get a bit more money. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say, I just remembered. Uh, I wanted to mention this is that um, in regards to this being. Uh, canon or not canon the main reason i'm not entirely sure is well i haven't finished the season but i do think that black widow implies that the red room is somewhat recent and that's the vibe i got from the end of this episode was that she was a black widow agent you Mm -hmm. know yeah uh so we will i see i can say that your hunch is i know i know things so uh yeah i drink and i know things if you got that, I mean, if it's, you, it's if you, super yeah. implied, uh, considering how yeah. the introduction of that character doing, uh, what do you call it? Spy stuff or whatever is pretty much just the scene from Iron Man two. <laughs> it <laughs> is. Yeah. Yeah. Also the fact that, uh, they talk about ballet and there is, uh, if you remember the flashback in Avengers age of Ultron, um, uh, Natasha's flashback has them doing work with yeah with ballet. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if at the time this was like their backstory, but maybe when breaking the movie, story breaking the movie, they're like, he was like, yeah, don't necessarily worry about the actual history of this TV show that no one watches. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I I would think. See, I've always been under the impression, even when watching Black Widow, that like. Drakov was in a line of succession over who like of running this organization. And then he, what during his, uh, his governance reign, whatever, um, his, yeah, his, uh, leadership, if you can call it that, um, yeah, that he, that he put, he reshaped it into his image to, yeah. Um, well, and so we'll that's, see where the, these upcoming. But yeah, we'll see where the, yeah. the dive into the lore, as we say. Yeah, um, but I I think like um I think it's really cool to so we end Captain America where we think like he's he sacrificed himself to save the day and you know everything's peachy until 1990s when uh, aliens start you know, messing around yeah. on earth. 
And well, technically, uh, uh, technically, Tyler, this story was set up in uh, the eighties when uh, Star Lord is kidnapped. Well, yeah, Come that's on. true. Come on, but uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, know, know your Marvel stuff, man. Come on. Uh, that stingy Marvel fan. And in the that... multiverse, think about it, in the multiverse, in the 50s, that's when the Men in Black cursed. So, so anyways, um, yeah, I've got to get back, get back on track. Oh, so know, it's, 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 it's good. Um, so it's, it, I think it's really cool to deal with, like, to work with this, uh, they're playing around in an era where we've been under the impression that cap saved the day and really, you know, there are all these other factors out there and the world doesn't have a superhero right now, you know, um, they do have a card, but they do. I don't know why the Netflix (laughs) (laughs) intro just played, but, uh, (laughs) but, but yeah. So like if you have things like, uh, like Hydra still out there and shield isn't quite formed yet. And uh, the red room doing stuff. Like, I think that's, that's really, that's something really interesting to, to be able to mess around with at this time. And I mean, you get to do it in the night, like with like the 1940s too, you know, it's not, not in the mod, you know, in modern, modern day. So, Let's talk about the uh, casting of the show. Yeah. The cast. Uh, before we get to the highlights that we both said, I want to talk about an actor who I'm shocked is in this, but in a good sense. And that's the international treasure. Well, maybe that's a bit much. National treasure. Also, maybe a bit too much. But character actor Shia Wiggum is in this show, who is uh, actually like a really great actor. One of a... One of the best character actors working today, I'd say. Um, he gets the and credit on this show. He plays uh, the overall boss at the SSR. Um, very surprised to see him here. Although, uh, granted, 2015, he wasn't the... He was still pretty prolific, but he wasn't like the guy you'd get for, you know... Yeah. To boost your uh, ensemble. Like he is now. Uh, he's going to be the new Mission Impossible movies. I'm excited for that. Uh, hey, hey. And I think he's good in this show. It's really nice to see him. You know, like mm-hmm. I like, I like. He plays Mister Dooley. They should all call the characters Mister. <laughs> show. <laughs> uh, but trying, then I'm trying to find I, him. Uh, oh, there I he think, is. Yeah. No, I think we'd all agree, we both agree that the best aspect of the show is James Darcy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah, uh, absolutely fantastic. And I think like casting wise, they did a really good job at getting someone to like, not only does do his and Paul Bettany's voices sound very similar, but like to be able to match each other across the way with, uh, with tone and delivery and yeah. And I- like his comedic timing is great too. What I also thought was funny was I felt like his uh, his American accent that he does on the phone, I think in the third episode, it reminded me, and this isn't intentional, obviously, but he also gave me the vibe of Benedict Cumberbatch at points. Yeah. Young Benedict Cumberbatch <clears throat> uh, before he was famous. But then when he's on the phone, I was like, oh yeah, there's the, 
there's that Benedict Cumberbatch, it's American accent that's kind of good, kind of not. <laughs> you could tell it's someone trying to be an American. Oh, but, yeah. What I also thought was funny was I kept thinking when I was watching it, I did legitimately go like, oh, it's cool to have this British presence in the show. And I'd be like, wait, but like, Hayley Atwell's British. She just kind of is, not, like her sense of humor isn't like the deadpan that James Darcy delivers, which is mm. pretty fun. Yeah. Um, they make a good odd couple, I'd say. They do. So. They do. Yeah. And I really like, like, uh, Haley Atwell and James Darcy. Well, I'll, I'll go by character, character names. Um, so Peggy Carter and Jarvis, they are, they are like very, they, their relationship seems, um, the way that they bounce off of each other in dialogue, you know, it's yeah. very like close close friends um and then like dominic cooper also plays in really well with peggy's character and those two seem very much more they seem close but more like brother sister and i like that dynamic i like that we have a main female character and we're not trying to marry her off you know yeah yeah i i really really like that yeah i think it's a I think it's the show's very smart on keeping it focused on the story because at its heart, I would say this is a uh, even though it's a miniseries, I do feel like it has procedural elements of like a network show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but of course, the period setting and as we said, like I, I my favorite ABC procedural, aka the only one I've ever watched because I watched it in high school with my mom was Castle, which is of course Nathan Fillion, Fillion show. Yeah, Stan Akadic who isn't doesn't hasn't done anything recently as far as i know which is a shame uh and that of course has the same kind of dynamic where it's like serious woman funny guy but like i feel like it works here to me uh well obviously peggy is the more powerful of the two but i feel like in terms of comedic footing they're on about the same thing Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah uh, peggy's just constantly like annoyed (laughs) with this type of stuff like oh yeah uh and of course, Haley Atwell is incredible. This is like she's always great in this role. And the way that like Jarvis, that Jarvis says things, and he's so he's so sincere about about things. Um, like when he's he's like, oh well, I'll be I'll be free, and the wash will be done in thirty minutes. So I I can attend to your emergency after thirty minutes, you know, for the wash. It's it's just so it's so innocent, and I I I love it. But it's also uh in episode three when he um when he makes that phone call the anonymous tip to um With the, to the, to the Benedict uh, Carbatch American accent. Yes. Yeah. And it's it's so it's it's hilarious with like the way that he delivers that. But also he adds in this have uh have a nice night. Thank you. Like <laughs> he even when he's trying to be to play someone even when his character is trying to be someone else he still can't he still can't resist being polite and that's that's something that's really it's rare now like definitely nowadays um but uh now but yeah Here, you just here's where i have to say kevin feige that's right i said his name right again i'm, I'm having character development what's going on uh whoa Season, season two of why is Dan, Danny's character goes in a different uh, direction. <laughs> I'm being respectful of these 
producers? Why would I ever want to do that? Anyway, uh, what if? And by that I mean the show, not like what if? I wasn't starting a question. I I, I was uh, just waiting. <laughs> why in the Captain Carter episode did we bring back Bradley Whitford's character and we didn't bring in Jarvis? <laughs> Come on. Yeah. 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 I, I don't. I don't know. Can I we have an know. episode of Captain Carter? What if where we just follow Bucky as he becomes friends with Jarvis? Because Bucky would be left, left, you know, he doesn't die, yeah, right? And so right. he'd be left behind. And so he gets to hang out with Jarvis. How about, how about we get where, hmm, okay, so. What if Jarvis was frozen in a block of What ice? if, here, here we go. What if, okay. what if, and this would have to be set like, okay, so Bucky is frozen, but. They don't give him the metal. No, they give him the metal arm. And then uh, he just stays frozen. And then Stark finds him. And this this is before Stark becomes Iron Man, okay? He finds Wait, him. Is this Howie, Howard Stark or Tony? Tony, Tony. Okay. Tony finds him. And then, uh, no, no. How about that? Let's make it Howard Stark finds him. And then he's like, I I found Bucky. We we found him, but he's frozen. And if I unfreeze him, I'm I'm afraid he's gonna die. So we have to keep him frozen. And when Howard dies, Tony inherits this frozen Bucky sickle, and it just stays in Tony's basement. So this whole time, Tony's like, I don't know what to do. Uh, you know, we've got like this is happening. Well, then, uh, in Iron Man three, when they blow and, up the house, it gets yeah, so hot, it, melts it gets him. so hot, it melts. <laughs> Uh, so eventually something happens. Uh, Tony and uh, Doctor Strange both. No, we don't need Doctor Strange in this. Uh, okay, yeah. Stop putting so, Doctor Strange in So Tony, yeah. <laughs> so, then the is like, please stop calling me up. <laughs> right. So so Tony, like, he thaws out. Bucky thaws out. And then uh, he's, like, having his arm is like having issues you know it's it's like malfunctioning and he's like huh it must have been the ice well then tony makes him a different arm and instead of tony creating the suit he puts jarvis into the arm and so we get an episode of bucky running around trying to fight crime with his arm his metal arm but his metal arm keeps malfunctioning and jarvis is like a rogue AI and he's just like it's just it's just Sebastian Stan running around with his arm flailing punching people and pulling him around everywhere that's what it is that, that is exactly a, what get, it is he does like a, a hand puppet when he tries to talk when he tries to, to talk yes talk to Sebastian Stan and dump the puppet and he talking Sebastian uh, Stan if if you're wanting to get paid we got you a show not that we're not paying you but yeah. you you uh bring this up to uh to but Kevin Feige. To bring yeah. it back to that, uh, it's more to me. James Darcy is a real talent, uh, and I like some other stuff too. And this is a really good showcase of him. Uh, yeah, really good. Uh, and then I want to say about uh, I had this when I mentioned my general thoughts. Is there? I say, are there issues? Yes. On my fo- on my phone, at points in the show. Yes, but I don't think it's a problem because this is made for ABC. I think it's pretty safe to say that this was a Disney Plus show. 
Like these were the same scripts, everything. These episodes would not be a full 42 minutes. <laughs> There's a lot of extra fat on these episodes. It doesn't really serve like it's all it's mostly the uh minor characters, you know, that I kind of like cuz I've had, I've had issues with these shows. The Disney Plus shows where the side characters don't really get much to do mm-hmm. or subplots to do. Uh <laughs> looking at Loki episode 3. Hardcore looking at Loki episode three, but this show does have. I just think these these episodes have a lot of fat to them, though. Even those storylines with the characters I don't necessarily care about. Yeah, I think it's okay for me. Like it's it's an artwork show that came out in twenty fifteen. I think they expect you to be on your phone a little bit to get no one. I don't know anyone who like, actually keeps their phone away when watching like NCIS. You know. So, yeah. 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 So I don't think that's a problem of the show. It's designed for you to be somewhat distracted during at points. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I also think, and I wanted to mention this, is that I love watching network shows on streaming, uh, particularly dramas, like network dramas, because they build. They they have dumb cliffhangers. Yes. Uh, yeah. Just for commercial break, that result is immediately they come back. But my favorite thing they do is they do repeats, repeats lines. My favorite one is when. Uh, Peggy, like uh, her friend, the guy in the crutches, Sosa or whatever. Uh, yeah, uh, he he has a picture of her on it, and he goes like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna take a look at this girl," and then it cuts to black, and then it comes back, and it's Peggy's face. It's like, I'm gonna take a look, and then she says, "I'm gonna take a look at this girl <laughs> again," <laughs> and it reminds me of a. I've ever told you about the play me and Mark Young never wrote. No, but it's that called- honestly sounds like the title of a play. <laughs> uh, well, the title of the play was, and we'll never do it now because uh, one of the people involved is under criminal investigation. Uh, is, uh, oh. It was called uh, Drake and Josh Have an Existential Crisis. Oh, yeah. You, I, uh, I, think, I think I've told I think, you about yeah, this. Yeah, you have. Yeah. But I've, did I tell you how I was going to implement the commercial breaks? No. So, to explain a little bit to the listeners, uh, summer of my college, like summer after I graduated college, me and our, you know, Mark Young, who's guested on this podcast, had this idea to write a 20-minute play called Drake and Josh Have an Existential Crisis, where the plot of it would just be the, it's a Drake and Josh episode, it's a rerun, so the first, like, two pages of the script were going to be, like, an actual Drake and Josh episode, but then one of them would realize, like, haven't we done this before? And they were going to realize that they were in a rerun. Uh, But the actual gimmick of it was we were going to do this at the house I was renting at the time. Uh, We were going to say, just stand wherever you want in our house, we will... Do the whole show in our house. You might, you're gonna have to follow us around a bit. Just don't get in our way. Like we tape down like where they can't get through. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but one of the things we're gonna do was, of course, Mark was gonna play guitar and I was gonna sing this, the theme song really badly because obviously I would be Josh. Like, come on, that's that's pretty obvious. Uh, but then the one thing we were really excited to do was like have there be commercial breaks, mm-hmm. but not actually do the commercials. It would just be like I'd be like. Drake, what are we going to do now? And then we just freeze in place for three minutes. And then after those three minutes, I just go, Drake, what are we going to do? <laughs> like, you know, they just do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm, I'm somewhat bummed we didn't write it, but I'm also like, well, that would never be produced now because, as I said, Drake Bell's under criminal investigation. So Drake uh, actually so- <laughs> had an exi- existential crisis. Yeah. Um, We're not going to do it. It's not going to happen. Feel free to rip off that idea if you want to write a play about a guy who's 
I believe that's get it in sentencing right now. So up to you guys. That, that idea is free. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like the thing about this being an ABC show is that it's kind of like the one shot. So it's like I don't really have much to talk about. I enjoy this show. Uh, it definitely reminds me of something I'd watch with my parents, and they'd probably like it too. In fact, I remember I watched the pilot with my parents back when it first aired. I never watched anything after that. Because watching TV in college? No thanks. Live TV? No thanks. I I would have, like, during college, I would have binges um, just in between shows. Where it was like, okay, I've got I've got a solid two weeks. I've got a week. I, can, I need to binge, binge a show. And then I'm done. But yeah. Yeah, well, this was a since this was on ABC. Like, it was really hard to find legally online unless you wanted to pay for it. That's so, true. That's true. I don't believe I can't remember. I don't think this was ever on Netflix. Because um, Agents of Shield was on Netflix. I don't think this ever was licensed. Out. This this went on Hulu. Um, was it on Hulu? It was on Hulu for a little while. Yeah, and then mm, when when the Fox merger happened, it bounced eventually bounced back over back over it bounced over to disney plus so uh, i think it was one of the first ones that went up with yeah i think this was yeah. i thought this was up day one on disney plus yeah right? yeah i'm pretty sure it was it was one of them i'm still surprised inhumans is on there it's i've watched the pilot of inhumans because i am a obnoxious completionist not because of a tv show because i don't watch the shows however unfortunately um Technically speaking, Inhumans is a. The pilot was released in IMAX theaters. <laughs> so technically, it is a Marvel released movie, the pilot. And I was like, before <sighs> Infinity War, I was like, I want to have every Marvel movie that's on Letterboxd be able to rank. Uh, so I have to watch Inhumans so I can rank it. And I still think it was better than For the Dark World. Actually, I'm curious where it ranks. I'm curious what ranks below it. That's interesting. That's interesting. I will probably, I'll probably want to watch Agent Carter season two after I finish season one. Um, I'll make sure that I, I yeah, yeah, I'll I'll, wait. But I know that like, I'm, I'm also one that's like, (laughs) if I, if I start, if I like, if I start a show and I like, you know, a season of it, I want to continue um continue through that um yeah because there have been other shows like i said before agents of shield where yeah no i i'm not someone who's gonna start it and then i'm like well now i have to watch nine seasons of this i need um, to fix my uh inhumans ranking it's way too high there are 10 <laughs> there are 10 things under it somehow. <laughs> what are what are those 10 things uh well this list hasn't been updated since no way home uh so thor one Falcon Winter Soldier. To be clear, it's just the Inhumans pilot. Okay. So that might be yeah. why it's above, because it was only like 80 minutes. So yeah. uh, Ant-Man 1, which I feel like will go up whenever I rewatch it compared to... Because I feel like, even though I always... Go like, my, Maybe I like it more this time, and I don't like it. My rankings on the Ant-Man films have went... They've got higher over the years. Oh. but uh, Far From Home. Uh, funny thing happens away the Thor's hammer. <laughs> Team 4 uh, Part 2, which I think would be above it now. Uh, because I like because this is when I only thought it was like a 30 second movie and I was like what the heck oh yeah uh, Iron Man 2 Incredible Hulk the consultant and of course Thor 2 is at the bottom mm. gotcha so. 
And then we all we all know Thor two is gonna go up when you see it. So no, it's not. I I've really need. I really need to make a cut of Thor two, and be like Danny. This is the this is the movie that I see within it. This is is it. This Let me is guess. This. Here's, here's my here's my pitch for a four two cut. Okay. Okay. We open on Darcy. She goes, "Where's Mew Mew?" Then we cut to Stellan Skarsgård running around naked, and then we cut to uh, the collector. <laughs> this is the post credit scene. <laughs> and then it's then then Tom Hiddleston walks in and goes. <laughs> You seriously think you can trust me? Cut the credits. <laughs> <laughs> it's the avant-garde cut in the dark or the avant-garde world. <laughs> Six minutes long. Probably, probably, probably my favorite part of that was where's Mew Mew and then just cut to a guy running around naked. That's it. Oh, oh. And then the post credit scene would just be a uh, <laughs> where I don't know if you know who Chris O'Dowd is, but he has a very weird cameo in Thor. He's the main love interest in Bridesmaids, and he's also a really good Irish actor. Uh, but he has a really weird cameo in Thor: The Dark World, where he's just on a date with Jane. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So it would just be a super cut of his scenes without Natalie Portman, and that'd be the post credit scene. It'd just be him going like, "Oh hello, oh whatever." And then it just cut to and it said, so, Chris O'Dowd will return in Bridesmaids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, who's in Bridesmaids? Do we have any? Because uh, uh, are, are you are you pulling Bridesmaids into the, the multiverse? MCU now? Yeah. Well, now I gotta open Let's up see. the Bridesmaids page. Uh. No, <laughs> I'm looking at the at the cast. Doesn't look looking like anyone the in this is in the oh, MCU. Oh, there's the cast. I don't think anyone in this is in the MCU. Terry Crews is not right. He's not no. had okay. The Let's big see. names are Jillian Bell, uh, Ben Falcone. Uh, I'm looking at the minor names first. People are like, "What the heck? Why isn't he just saying Kristen Wiig? What the heck?" <laughs> uh, Maya Rudolph, Rose Byrne. I don't think anyone in Bridesmaids has been in the MCU. I don't think so. I don't think Besides so. Besides Chris O'Dowd. So who will be the second? We need this casting soon, Marvel. We need <laughs> Rose Byrne or Oh wait, oh wait. Uh one of these actors might be appearing in an upcoming movie, but we can't say because it would be qualified as a leak. So Okay. Uh yeah. But if by the end of the year there isn't someone in Bridesmaids and a second person from Bridesmaids in the MCU, don't trust your leakers. Okay. Leakers gonna leak. It's gonna leak. All right. Do we, we haven't really talked about Agent Garner for like 10 minutes. <laughs> we haven't, but I, I've been okay with it. I, yeah. I've liked our uh, just kind of chill. Yeah. Yeah. Our, stuff. Yeah. We yeah. like uh we like this show. We do. We love it. <laughs> I like how most of this is but we've reassured listeners. It's good. That we like the show <laughs> more than we've actually talked about the show. Well, because again, there's not much again, to talk about. Well, yeah. Plus, well, also, usually when we talk about a show, we've watched every episode like in that season. Or we can speculate about the future, which we can't with this because we can. Like we can speculate. No, we not really. Yeah, uh, I think uh, it's gonna end with the scene from Endgame. 
Okay. When are we going to have a scene with time travel where Dominic Cooper, you know, we had, we had Spider-Man No Way Home. We got to see all Spider-Man on screen. We have to see both Howard Starks on screen. Haven't John Slattery. Actually, that, that, that's not crossed my mind watching this is that I was like, you know, I'm really glad Captain America, the first Avenger came out in 2011. Cause if it came out today, it would just be John Slattery DH'd as Howard Stark. Right. Yeah. 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 How many how many people have played Howard Stark? I thought there were three. I think there just are two? three because well because no because there's like a there's like a very brief appearance in Iron Man one, uh, where it doesn't have lines, I believe. It <laughs> <laughs> played John Cena. Um, how many actors played? Who am I looking up? Uh, to Howard Stark. There we go. It's Gerard Sanders. Plays him in a brief slideshow in Iron Man 1. Then it's just Dominic Cooper and Slattery. Okay. So it would be Howard Stark, No Way Home. That's that's what you yeah. want. How, yeah. Howie. Howie. On, which one's going to be Howie? I think Dom Cooper has to be Howie. Dominic Cooper has to be Howie. Yeah. There's no... Like, everyone's Howard. He's old. Yeah. You know who I... I want in the MCU. Is it? Are you going to tell me you want Tom Cruise as Iron Man? Because if so, I'm going to log off the Discord right now. <laughs> no, no, I don't. No, I don't. I I actually was thinking the other day. I was like, I want be, their chemistry is great. I want Michael Che and Colin Jost in the MCU, but I don't want them in a big role. I want them literally just doing Che and just things like uh yeah i don't like michael che i'll just leave it at that i won't okay. i won't get into it I won't, okay uh i wouldn't mind i think the people the, the snl alum who needs to show up in uh besides of course the entire cast of bridesmaids uh in the mcu is uh has to be not bill Hader. why can i not remember i just had it not keenan iver Oh my gosh! I'm gonna be mad. Why oh, is it his Instagram? Yeah, stuff? I'm like, yeah. I, I like see, that's how like how removed he's, he's I am a, from social media. He's a, yeah, he's really not a. He's all right. I have to look up which I I had it. Which SNL? Which SNL cast member? I'm so sorry, listeners. If you wanted to listen to real deep talk on Agent Carter, this is not the time. Oh my gosh! Why does Wikipedia have a chart of SNL cast members? David Spade. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. We just get the whole cast of grown ups. Leslie Jones. That's no. what I was thinking. Leslie Jones. I want Leslie Jones in the MCU doing her Leslie Jones thing. I've got You're to like, look I hate up. Leslie. No, I'm just horrible. I'm horrible with Leslie names. Jones is the one who got destroyed by the Ghostbusters fandom for starting Ghostbusters 2016, which might I say is the best Ghostbusters film ever made. Joe, if you want to bleep that, if you can, I don't care. <laughs> I'll let him describe, have the discretion of choosing if he wants to take the episode. <laughs> Taking what out of the episode? That Ghostbusters 2016 that you said that? Yeah, that. That it's the best? I mean, everyone's entitled to their opinion. It doesn't make it right or make it a good one. So Look, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. Okay, you know, honestly, I get why people would say... The original is the best. However, if you say Ghostbusters 2016 is 
not the, the best or second best, you're insane. Like, you're actually insane. Ghostbusters 2 is not a good movie, and the new one looks terrible. <laughs> like, I, Ghostbusters 2 sucks. I've <laughs> seen, okay, like, I've not seen Ghostbusters 2016. I've not seen it. It looks like a train wreck, but also I know I know Ghostbusters 2 was a train wreck. So I yeah, I'm I'm honestly I'm not invested in the Ghostbusters universe, even though Afterlife was trying to get us to be invested back in it. But Uh, I mean, Afterlife is the main thing that has me having zero interest in it. I'm tired of these fan projects that exist to appease parts of the fan base that just refused to give something previous a chance. And that's, I'm not going to have to do because you're obviously not a Ghostbusters fan. Right. I'm just saying like people who are like, I can't watch this 2016 Ghostbusters one because it's so disrespectful to the original. I'm going to go watch this new one that instead, spoilers for Ghostbusters Afterlife, decides to use CGI to, re- to recreate a dead member of the original cast. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to point out, Danny, that you movie. literally just made my argument for why the Last Jedi is a piece of crap. Why? Because it uses no, CGI Carrie Fisher. Because no, that's everything. Why Skywalker. Every it, no, it was literally just fan service the whole way through. <laughs> what? What? Oh, oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Okay, okay. I we promised never really getting this last. <laughs> yeah, time. I know. the reason I'm giving you this reaction is because most people hate the Last Jedi. Hate it because it. I'm I'm quoting them. Okay. Yeah. Luke Skywalker totally disrespectful. He should have been a badass. Why are we spending so much time on this woman Rose who's so boring? This next one I'm not making fun of, even though I'm going to list it because I actually think this is a valid complaint, even though I like what Rian Johnson did. Why isn't Finn a Jedi? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, don't, I can't explain that one. But the other two is like, why does Poe have to listen to this woman he's never met? Why? Like, it's all like, why should I automatically respect these new characters? Like, like for example, Poe is like, why should I automatically say, oh, this hotshot who is barely in The Force Awakens. I don't right. really trust him. Yeah. Like, she's like, so maybe someday we'll do a bonus episode of Last Jedi. Maybe. 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 Big maybe. Maybe. Mm, yeah. Big maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I honestly, I, I like Mark Hamill as as a voice actor. I've never liked Luke, but. You should have been nominated for The Last Jedi. I should and have so been. Adam Driver. Oh. No, Mark Hamill. Oh, I was like, I was like, what? Uh, but, but yeah, I've had a falling out with Star Wars. Now we're going into Tyler's book of Bob fat. (laughs) Like a Bantha. Yes. That's the best thing from that show. You know what? Let's see see where we are. We got about, we got about five more minutes. If we want (laughs) to, sorry, listeners, you made it this far. Uh, Let's talk about book of Boba Fett, which we haven't watched. I haven't watched. Okay. Let me tell you, because I think it is worth talking about relating to Marvel. Yeah. Because Star Wars posts, the Last Jedi dividing the fandom and the rise of Skywalker pissing on both sides of that division. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Star Wars has pretty much determined that their future is uh, TV, right? Streaming, yeah. Streaming TV. Uh, which, okay, like, I'm, I'm okay with that in theory. I think Mando, the first, I think the first season, the second season are both flawed yet fun shows. Both seasons have about two really great episodes in them. 
that I really enjoyed. However, this book of Boba Fett show, which I haven't watched, and Tyler, don't worry, I'll let you actually talk about your feelings on this, but I just want to explain first why it bothers me so much. So, I'm sure, spoilers, I guess, but I, these were all over the internet. Like, this tweet trended on Twitter for days every time these both aired. I believe episode five of Book of Boba Fett suddenly churn, changes into The Mandalorian season 2.5. Yes. Uh, and where by the end of it, you know, Mandalorian season two ends with Grogu going off to train with uh, CGI Luke, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, where we get a tearful goodbye between Mando and Grogu. And from what I'm aware of, uh, Man- Boca Boba Fett ends with Grogu and Mando hanging out together again, making that sacrifice both futile and forcing anyone who wants to understand the Mandalorian season three to watch the spinoff about a character they might not care about. Okay, I've never cared about Boba Fett. I have no desire to ever watch this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reason I want to bring this up in relation to Marvel is because I think this is so ludicrous of a way to build your shared universe that you're requiring people to watch the spinoff to understand season three of the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. To me, it is the equivalent of if Loki season one had an episode thrown in the middle of it, where just out of nowhere, we cut back to Wanda studying the multiverse. And she goes like, Oh, this stuff look like she reads a bit on Loki. And she's like, Oh, okay. This dark old thing is interesting. Let me do some setup for Dr. Strange too. And the next episode never acknowledged. That's what to me, the equivalent of it yep. is. Yep. Marvel doesn't do this. Marvel as much as like, as much for like, you have to watch everything to really understand it. You know, like gatekeep that, <laughs> be a gatekeeper, but not really. But you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't ever need to actually watch everything. Pretty much everything has been covered within the thing itself. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. Doctor Strange two will be the first real test to see how much these TV shows really play into it. Yeah. But I, I think it's really insulting to the audience to make me watch Boba Fett. To understand Mando season three, so I don't watch Mando season three. So Tyler, let's talk about Boba Fett, so that way it wasn't just me ranting about shit I don't watch. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so episode one of Boba Fett actually starts out with a really strong. No, I think I think with Book of Boba Fett, they went back and they show us a whole bunch of stuff of like how Boba Fett got from episode six to where he is now, and. I'm not interested in that. If you want me to like, if you want me to see him as like something that he like, if you want me to see him as something other than a clumsy fool, like leave that a mystery of like, how the heck did he get out of this creature that everyone feared? You know, how did he get out of the stomach of this creature? Leave that a mystery um, and then leave like all that other the prior stuff a mystery. And instead, they like introduce characters, and then they uh, write them off like in the next episode. And they like the most screen time they had is like maybe five to six minutes on screen. And it's like, why are you introducing a whole bunch of these characters? And then they. Uh, they mention those characters in dialogue by like first name. And they're like, Oh yeah, this person that you're supposed to remember that you've only seen on screen, uh, five minutes to now we're going to talk about them. And it's, it's like, uh, yeah, I don't know who this is. Um, so, so yeah, that, that was a complaint for me. Um, 
it was very jarring. Like the show got 10 times better when we joined Mandalorian. I mean, but that also just shows like it was a book of Boba Fett anymore. Right. (laughs) It's also because, like you said, it's not following Boba Fett anymore. And we're actually with the character that we like. Um, And that is somewhat relatable. Uh, I also just think this is just to me. I feel like bringing back Boba Fett was just dumb. It like was in Mando season two. I was just like, well, I think that's the worst episode. I well, I, I'm just saying as someone yeah. who my opinion about Fett is, I think he's more interesting if he's like this bizarre element of fandom from the 70s and 80s where he was introduced before he was in a movie. So everyone got really hyped for him, and then he does nothing in the movies and goes out like a chump. I think that is so much more interesting than any like mythologizing of Boba Fett has happened. I think yeah. Boba Fett being a chump is very funny. Mm. Uh, and I think the idea of bringing him back and making him a badass is just kind of like, well, now there's no... And I don't care. Like, I don't like Boba Fett anymore. I, lo- I liked him before when he was a loser. <laughs> yeah. Like- <laughs> I liked that they brought him back in Mandalorian. I just wish they like we didn't get the first half of Mandal uh, Book of Boba Fett. Um, yeah, so like the show definitely gets better with Mando involved, but the fact that he went back to go get Grogu or to visit Grogu, Grogu, and then he and, uh, and, and a that, game character, right? Yeah, and uh, voiced by an algorithm, and the, like. <laughs> The lines, the lines from Luke, whatever acting, that's not acting. I'm sorry. It was, it's not acting. It was, it's it's not, it, it was so boring. And I'm like, I, I don't like this at all. And there was no real point to it. I think if we wouldn't have seen Grogu at all and he just showed up and he talked, he talks with Ahsoka and which is like, okay, cool. We get another, you know, they know each other, so we we already have a uh, set relationship there, and they talk, and then she's just like, he's training right now, he's with Master Luke, you can't disturb him, um, but I can leave a message, you know, for him after the beep. Um, and then, you know, I like, if we would have got something like that, and then he's just like, oh, okay, and leaves that message, and then, yeah, and then that's that. Um, so, so, yeah. I uh, yeah. Also, I think their biggest thing in the finale is they bring this rancor out, and it's not Danny Trejo who they had Danny Trejo. Okay, when you have Danny Trejo, you need to use him to his max level, and they kept him at like a level one. Danny Trejo, I you go to level ninety nine, you go all the way up because he can do some pretty like cool like crazy things you know and like and i'm thinking i see this uh i see this rancor come up over uh the tops of these tatooine buildings and it's like oh there's the rancor uh remember way back from like episode two or three i don't remember and uh and i was like i was so wanting danny treo to be riding the rancor and to like just yell something offhand like you're gonna die now or something like that no it's boba fett writing the rancor and it's just so i don't know and the final fight between cod bane 
and uh, Boba Fett. I think is it's just, so funny it's to so, reintroduce it's so... a character from the cartoon and immediately kill them off. And, and I understand that this is somewhat similar to what it appears of Kingpin, but I think it's a very keyword up here. So I think, Kingpin, yeah, I but... think they're setting something up with Kingpin with how much recently they like the films have been films and shows have been paying um paying tribute to the comics um i would say that they're more setting something up there especially since we have an echo show coming up and uh a daredevil seems to is in the mcu so uh so yeah, there's our Star Wars rant for eight yeah, minutes. You're lucky. So, you're lucky yeah. that we uh, did that and not me talking about the art for finale. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so the art. No, I'm getting. Uh, yeah. We'll wrap it up. Uh, so if you made it this far, uh, join us next time when we talk about the rest of Agent Carter season one. The rest uh, of Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> don't worry. I don't think next week we will go uh, as severely off tangent as we did this week. Because um, we'll have our awards to give out and stuff. For this yeah, show. yeah. Be able to really discuss it like as a whole. So. Yeah. Plus, we we could make predictions for season yeah. two. Yeah. Or even so. like if any elements will return. Okay. Yeah. Where will we bring back Jarvis and when and how? All right. All right. We'll hear you next time, I guess. Yeah. Do we want to? <laughs> we want to thank Joe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks, Joe. This was a this was a enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, Joe Schremer, for editing this episode. Yeah, uh, it was. I was like, we 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 need to. What about Joe? Yeah. Okay, all right. I think I think we need to go. Yeah, yeah. Bye. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Why Is with Ty and Dan. We can be found on various podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pandora, and on our website, whyiswithtydan.buzzsprout.com. You can also contact us by email at whyiswithtydan at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at whyiswithtyan1, because I'm number one. You can also follow me, Danny Vincent, on Letterboxd at blankments for reviews of movies, including those not in the MCU. So we'll see you next week. We'll catch you in the next one.